This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome, as always, to those who are listening to the podcast for the very first time. Glad that you're able to join us on today. We're going to wrap up the topic we've been covering for the last few weeks. We did not expect it to expand like this, but I just kept thinking about other aspects of the topic that needed to be covered to do it some justice. Uh, But tonight we bring it to a close. So we're going to wrap up coverage of the topic demystifying the world of UX mentoring. Uh, People just love the concept of having a mentor. A lot of people are clamoring to have a mentor, but they don't quite understand why. And, And they don't understand what the benefit is supposed to be. They don't understand that just wanting a mentor doesn't mean that you're gonna get one. They don't understand that mentors need to be vetted out. They don't understand that there are a ton of inherent dangers associated with mentoring. One of the most notable being that a lot of people who claim to be mentors simply don't qualify. <laughs> and so if you if you connect with one of those people and you're excited because you got a mentor, folks, somebody can have a title but not carry out the function. And if you come across a person who has a title but doesn't carry out the function, but you think you have somebody that's carrying out the function, you're in for a rough ride and it may be a very, very long time before you find out that you have been taken for a ride. And here's the other weird part about it. The person that takes you for a ride may not know that they're taking you for a ride. So lots of challenges. We want to equip people so that they can engage in those higher, more efficient levels of critical thinking Because when you do that, you're going to be safer. You're going to achieve greater success. You're going to have more fun in your UX journey. And we don't want people to suffer needlessly. That's just not a good thing. So we do what we can and we say the things that we do and we cover the topics that we cover because we want people to have an efficient trip. So that said, as we go to wrap up this topic today, I've got a lot on this list that I'm going to cover, but I'm sure we'll be able to get through all of this on today. So consider this a closing or a recap, if you will. Let us start off with the biggest bubble buster probably on this list. Uh, it's interesting. We talked about how people, they're just insistent on having a mentor. They've heard other people talk about having mentors. They see mentoring services. I want a mentor. I got to have a mentor. That's the thing that's going to take me to the next level. Uh, no, it, it's not. The The most important thing that's going to take somebody to the next level, ironically, is the same thing that will always take you to the next level. And it's not a mentor. It's your own personal passion and pride and having a personalized learning network. Because, and this is way more important than a mentor. 
way, way, way more important than a mentor. Do you have podcasts that you can listen to? Document it. Are, are they trustworthy? Are they reliable? Is somebody giving you something where they're setting you up for dependency or they're helping you to, to go out there and, and build yourself on your own? Because as we have said, a good mentor does not build dependency. A good mentor establishes you and builds you up so you can be an independent thinker. Please understand that and, and, and please take it to heart. But folks, piggybacking on that, on top of having a personalized net, uh, learning network where you have your podcasts, your YouTube channels, your books, your, your, your websites that you can go to to get information that will truly help to build you up and not a lot of this misinformation stuff that's going on that's, that's happening in droves today. Beyond that, the other thing that you need to understand with regard to mentoring is that a mentoring is not an absolute need. A lot of people think that you must have a mentor to succeed, but I got news for you. Those of us who were coming up in the world of UX some years ago, we didn't have mentors. We had people that were in the business world that we could look up to, and, and many times they served as mentors to some extent, but we just went to the books. We went to conferences. Conferences were dependable things back then. They, they are not today, and I'm not going to go on a tangent about that today. But the personalized learning network itself served as a mentoring type of a solution or resource because you could go to your personalized learning network and tap into the various resources that you had had established, the ones you had identified, and you could go back to those places and get what you needed on a pretty regular basis. Now, a lot of people don't know what a personalized learning network is, and even if you didn't know what one was way back then, you still probably did it. You, you didn't have to call it that to do it. But today, now, mentors seem to be taking the place of personalized learning networks, and people don't realize you actually don't need a mentor to succeed. It is possible to succeed and excel without a mentor. And it's really sad today, but again, because a lot of mentors that are out here today, quote unquote mentors that are out here today are not really mentors. I even heard someone say recently, yeah, I'm trying to mentor someone about this one particular thing in UX, about this one technique. Mentors don't focus on one thing. It's really interesting to hear People say something like that. Let me be more specific because somebody's not going to catch the example that we just gave. Let's say that you have a person who is up and coming in the discipline and they want to learn how to wireframe. I know wireframes are not as popular today as they were, but again, this is just an example. So the person wants to learn, wants to be better at wireframing. You don't come along and say, I'm going to mentor this person on wireframing and then think that you're a mentor. We've already established what a mentor is, the purpose of a mentor, and when you consider the fact that there's somewhere in the vicinity of 200 to 250 techniques, methods, methodologies, and deliverables associated with UX, how in the world can you tap into less than 1% of that and think that you're providing mentoring or anybody providing mentoring and the person who's receiving the quote-unquote mentoring thinks that they're being mentored? That's not how mentoring works. It is a broad engagement, or I should say, let's rephrase that. It is an engagement that has broad ramifications and covers broad topic areas 
functionality, a whole lot of different things, not just one little thing. So it's amazing to hear that people are buying that today, but that that's not mentoring in, in any world. That, that doesn't qualify as mentoring anywhere. So, but again, back to my point, you actually don't need a mentor. Don't buy into the mindset, oh, I don't have a mentor. I'm not going to get anywhere. The personalized learning network is always ready for you. So you always have viable content that you can get into. You always have sound books that you can read. You always have some resource that's providing you reliable information that you can tap into to read, reread, and re-reread, and re-re-re-read on a pretty regular basis. So if there is no mentor, you still have resources. And keeping in mind, remember, the best resource for a mentor is your team. If you do not have a mentor that's on your team, frankly, something's wrong with your UX team because there should be somebody who's above you from an experiential standpoint that can provide you insights to help grow you. And if nobody is on your team that will help grow you, uh, then something's wrong. That's, that's a, that's a, that team is a pretty much a, it's a shell. Uh, it's a shell and we need, we need better than that today. So please keep that in mind. Uh, and, and if you, you don't have anybody on your team, you're always looking outside to find a mentor, then you might want to start looking outside for another team too. I know a lot of people are going to get mad at me about that, but hey, so what? People get mad at me all the time. I'm just telling you the truth. So if you're angry at me because I'm telling you the truth, uh, please go back and listen to my to my uh, series on EQ because that is an EQ red flag today. So please keep that in mind. Piggybacking on that last note, the best scenario, say you do have a mentor, or you do find a mentor, please know and understand that the best mentoring scenarios are organic. In other words, the best situations in which to identify and find a mentor is when you weren't really necessarily looking for one and the person who becomes your mentor wasn't necessarily looking to be a mentor. These are just naturally occurring relationships where you begin to, as the mentor, benefit the mentee, so something that you want to keep in mind there. Deliberate attempts also, again, they're not without risk. If you're going out and trying to find a mentor, finding a mentor is not like going and buying a car. It's not like going to the grocery store and finding the best milk on the shelf. Finding a mentor is not like trying to find a house finding a mentor, you're getting into an arena and you're about to enter into an aspect of, of discernment and judgment and, and analysis that you don't have any expertise in. So because of that, there is an inherent risk. This is another reason that organic relationships, organic mentor-mentee relationships are best because when you start to operate in, in an arena where you don't have expertise, that is, there's a bias factor that plays into that, and there's an arrogance factor that blends into that. You're doing something in an arena that you have no expertise, but yet you're going out there and doing it as if you do. That's what arrogance is. It is confidence without justification or unjustified confidence, period. That's what arrogance is. If you're dabbling in an arena you don't know, uh, you're going to need to take a couple steps back, or you're going to run into a brick wall somewhere, and I hate to see you do that, but that's 
what's going to happen. Those things said, with regard to the risks, as we move on to the next point, please beware of the wannabes, folks. Have you ever thought about the fact that a person who's a mentor, they didn't, they, they just became a mentor and they're broadcasting to everybody that they became a mentor with a particular group, doesn't matter what the group is. If they weren't mentoring people prior to that, you didn't feel like a mentor until you agreed to become a mentor through a particular group. There's a problem. These are people who want to be a mentor because they associate, there's some type of a pride association with being that mentor. And I've heard the horror stories about people who connect with people like this and they say, I I didn't get anything out of talking to that person. It didn't do anything for me. And and, and let's take a, a moment to unpack that. Sometimes people think that they don't get anything, but they didn't get anything because they're not good active listeners. Sometimes people don't get anything because they have a mindset that's full of bias. And when they don't get that confirmation bias, when people don't tell them what they want to hear, then they turn it off and act like they didn't get anything of value. So you have that particular group where somebody did get something of value, but they don't know how to recognize value. So they didn't give honor where honor was due necessarily. So that's a problem. Then you have people who just can't, they just don't understand uh, what's going on and they give credit to somebody that they shouldn't have given credit to. So these are some of the things that are going on out here. Some people will make the mistakes associated with finding mentors and they'll they'll live to to talk about it. And uh, But please know and understand, you can avoid these issues and these, these potholes, if you will, up front. Slow your roll. When it comes to finding a mentor, again, because you don't really have to have a mentor. So make sure that you don't, you're you're so intent on finding a mentor that you don't take on anybody who's willing to fill that that, that space. Uh, Because that doesn't make them a mentor and you're not being a mentee. In that case, you're a victim in cases like that. So please be aware of such things like that. So remember also, and I'm going to repeat this because it's here. (laughs) <laughs> on the list at this point in time, if dependency develops, if you can't make a move without that mentor, and, and this could happen, people are not planning it, nobody intended it, or anything like that. If dependency starts to develop as a mentee, you have to pull back. Maybe you could talk to the mentor about that and see how how they would recommend that, that we move forward in this relationship, but there should be no dependency. The, the real mentor teaches a person how to fish. They don't give you the fish. They teach you how to fish because you're not going to get far in UX anyway if you're lazy-minded, which is where a lot of people are, frankly, today. So you have to be willing to engage in critical thinking. You have to be willing to figure things out. Some people want you to lay everything out for them because they can't figure anything out. As For me, I refuse to do it. I'm not going to figure everything out for you. I'm going to give you a lot of times the pieces to the puzzle. And when you put the pieces to the puzzle together that you've been provided with, you have enough to, to see what the picture looks like. And you also have enough to be able to, you have clues and cues to know how to proceed going forward. When I give people partial information, I do it by design 
because it helps me to understand who the critical thinkers are. It helps me to understand who's going to put effort into this thing or who's going to sit and try to make me do all the work. I'm not going to do all the work. And everybody that I mentor knows and understands this. I am not here to do everything for you. If you have a career in UX, it will be because you took the tools that were provided to you and you use them, you engage with them, you listen to them, you digested them. And if someone's not doing that, uh, that person's not, we already talked about what it takes to be a mentee. Uh, if that happens, then uh, the person is not really ready to be a mentee. And if you, as a mentor, here's one for you mentors out there. If you take on a mentee who's not ready to be a mentee, they will suck you dry. You will feel drained when you're done talking to them. You never get a chance to breathe. There's a lot of issues. So you have. it's important to recognize those people, those, those, those cognitive leeches, if you will. You need to understand who those people are and you need to give them pieces at a time to let them go and do some work so they give you room to breathe. Because folks, contrary to popular belief, uh, people don't realize if you've achieved a level of, uh, uh, of maturity, in your own UX career, it takes a certain amount of work to, to continue to provide upkeep for yourself. We need time for ourselves. And if you're always running and helping other people and you don't have time for yourself, uh, you eventually start to lack. So really critical and some people won't be able to digest that, but hey, maybe you'll digest it sometime in the future. I'm not going to take it back because it is true. For those of you embracing it, next point. If you want to succeed as a mentee, please, please, please drop the whole gatekeeper bit. That A lot of people think that folks who are trying to get them to embrace standards are being gatekeepers. They don't know what a gatekeeper is at all, folks. A gatekeeper is a quality advocate. And if you have a real mentor, that mentor is operating as a gatekeeper. If your mentor is not being a gatekeeper and challenging you to embrace the standards, challenging you to understand the accountability that it takes to succeed in UX, if your mentor is not doing that, if they are not a gatekeeper, you can't be a mentor. I think it was Mike Montero who made the statement. If you are a designer, you are a gatekeeper, folks. You are one who's holding up this banner of excellence and calling and challenging everybody to embrace it. So when you come across a mentee who just wants to succeed in UX without doing any work, that person doesn't qualify to be a mentee. And if you're trying to help this person grow and then they keep putting things back off on you and challenging you to do things for them and then they want to obtain success based on work that you do instead of work that they do, you're in a bad, you're in a dysfunctional mentor-mentee relationship and that thing needs to end, folks. You need a gatekeeper, only a gatekeeper in the true sense of the word, not the slang term that people are trying to stop somebody. Nobody anywhere is trying to stop anywhere from getting a UX job. That is that is some boogeyman stuff. I love Debbie Levitt coined that phrase. Absolutely love it. Very well put. They, they're trying to make certain people in UX out to be the UX boogeyman. There are no boogeyman in UX. And all of this, we got to give the, the, the young UXers a chance. Um, back in the day, we made our chance. You know how you make your chance? 
you put yourself in a position of readiness because no matter who gives you a chance, if you're not ready, you're not going to be able to make anything of that. So let's take the onus off of the people who are doing the hiring. And if you want to really excel, here's a mentor moment that some people will reject because they don't qualify as mentees. You have to make sure that you are in a position to be ready so that when your opportunity comes as a new UXer, that you'll be able to walk into it and achieve success. Readiness is more important than anything. And there's a lot of happenstance in UX. There's a lot of being in the right place at the right time and and connecting with the right people at the right time. You better believe it. All of that kind of stuff happens, but it's more about readiness than somebody giving you a chance. And it's ironic that the whole give somebody a chance thing, it's interesting that some of the people who are really big on giving a chance to up-and-comers step on those who are achieved seniors at the same time. You can't do them both and benefit the discipline, folks. I, I was listening to somebody tell a story about how they got their, their big break in acting and somebody gave them a chance. I've heard other stories in other fields where somebody gave them a chance. But in every instance where somebody was, quote unquote, given a chance, they were ready when the chance came and they were able to walk into it and execute because they had made it a point to make themselves qualified. So while you're out there, anybody under the sound of my voice today, if you're concerned about having and finding a chance, uh, please put that behind you. It's not about the chance. It's about how ready you are when a chance comes. We need to make sure that that put it, put the onus, take the onus unto yourself, and you're going to be in a lot better shape because opportunities will eventually come. But again, if you're not ready, did it really matter? I guarantee you, it did not. So let's let's please take that to heart today. But please, please, please drop this whole gatekeeper bit. It's not what 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 folks think they are. That those who are being marked as gatekeepers are anything but. We're actually gateways. And the people who are labeling people as gatekeepers are actually the gatekeepers that these people are complaining about. So, uh, but we'll we'll deal with that another time. We got a series coming where I'm going to lay all of that out so people can actually identify what's going on. But do not haphazardly use that term. Stop calling people gatekeepers. There aren't any gatekeepers as folks as folks think. That doesn't even exist. It's just it's just a UX boogeyman thing that people are are talking about. So we gotta we gotta let that go. Next, due to the rampant presence of misinformation and the fact that one doesn't have much of a filter in the early stages of the career, trying to find a mentor on your own, already talked about this a little bit, but you know we're going to reiterate it here, trying to find a mentor on your own when you don't have a filter, it's pretty much a losing proposition. You're, you're not in a position to identify what you need, and you can't rely on always upon, like I said, I only know about one mentoring organization in UX that actually gets it right. Only one. And that's User Wizard uh, over in Europe. And I'm not sure if they engage with mentoring people in the US or not, or in some of the other countries around the world. I'm not sure how that works. Uh, And that is a paid service. Uh, So, you know, people saying that they want a mentee, are you ready to pay for it? Because they're going to make sure that it's done right. That's for sure. Whereas some of these other organizations that claim to offer UX mentoring, they have standards that they don't even follow, standards that they've created 
and they will bring in people who don't even qualify to be his mentors. And, and now what if you get one of those people? Now you're in trouble and they're up here. We're this and we're that. And we're doing all these great things. And really you're not. You just try. They're just trying to make a name for themselves. But if they were ethical, they would keep their own standards. They don't. <laughs> so don't be their victim. Don't be their guinea pig. That's not a good place to be. So just again, and reminding you, remember, the best mentoring scenario is one that develops organically. So you want to hold fast to that. And then, again, by way of recap, are you even mentor-worthy folks today? There's tons of arrogant and narcissistic people that are entering UX, and such people can't be mentored. And also, those people can't be mentors. Just something else worth noting. If somebody has Dunning-Kruger, that person cannot be mentored. If there are people giving themselves too much credit, if they're overvaluing who they are, those are your Dunning-Kruger folks. Uh, folks, they can't be mentored. You got to be able to identify these people up front. Uh, I have I have encountered some of these people even in my college, uh, in my teaching, in university. Sometimes you have students that have Dunning-Kruger. That's a losing proposition. You can't do anything with folks like that. And, and, and people don't recognize that they're operating with a Dunning-Kruger mindset. That's an equally red flag. So everything stops when those types of things come up. And then the last one of these points, again, those embracing toxic positivity, the Pollyannas of the world, they strive to see the good in everything. Hey, just see everything for what it really is. Don't embrace toxic positivity because if you do, you can't be mentored because when somebody tries to give you some constructive criticism, you're going to try to put a positive spin on it. Just take the truth. When somebody lets you know what you need to do to improve, it's not personal. It's just something. If you have lint on your shoulder, you have lint on your shoulder. It doesn't mean anything more than that. If you have spinach in your teeth, then you have spinach in your teeth. It doesn't mean that you're less of a person or anything like that, so there's no reason to try to put a positive spin on it. If you have a nail in your tire, then you have a nail in your tire, folks. That's, that's, that's it. And it's, it's, it's not condemning. There's not a problem. You're not going to have to give up your UX job. Nothing like that. But if you lack, it's important to recognize it. And when somebody lets you know that you lack something and it's accurate, what greater gift could somebody give you if you think that you have everything in place and find out that it's not? For somebody to come along and let you know that it's not, prove to you that it's not, and let you know which direction you need to go, there's no greater gift in such cases. That person is not being a gatekeeper. That person is looking out for you. And, and, and when you consider how toughness of mind is such a critical operating component, for a person as a UX professional, when people wear their feelings on their sleeve instead of being thick-skinned, that's going to make it really tough for that individual to grow. If that's you today, it's going to make it difficult for you to grow. Practice it. Practice. Get with somebody that tells you that thing that you might not want to hear. Get used to it. I mean, by, by the time we come out of college, we should be familiar with that thing. Matter of fact, we should have been uh, have been subjected to things like that our entire lives. We, I mean, children are cruel. We were all children. We we're all ex-children, right? And back then, people would say things, and they were trying to be mean. But sometimes people said something, and it was really true. 
and and somebody would tell us something that's true. And if you fight against that, it's just you know, it's true. You got a nail in your tire. Go fix the tire. Go get another tire. Go get the tire patched. But don't keep driving around thinking, oh, you know, the whole Pollyanna bit and thinking everything's going to be okay. You're in a compromised situation if you have a nail in your tire. And the best thing you can do is give it some attention instead of pretending like it's not there. So these are the things that are critical that we wanted to share during the recap. I'm going to wrap up with one more point, but but I can't stress these things enough. Mentoring is popular today. Again, people think they need a mentor you don't necessarily have to have one. They feel it's an absolute necessity. And then people in their in their passion and their zeal, they run out to get a mentor. And a lot of people end up in a bad situation because of that. So that said, I'm going to use that to as a jumping off point for my last point on today. Please be patient, folks. Please be patient. Mentoring, if you do get a mentor, it takes time. A good mentor is not going to rush through anything for you. So it's going to take time. It can take time to find a mentor. Some people might find a mentor quickly. Some other people, maybe not so quick. But whether you find a mentor quick or you don't find a mentor quickly, you still need to be patient because once you get the downloads from the mentor, a lot of what a mentor might say it may not resonate with you immediately. You may not be able to, to grasp it all immediately, but you have to be patient. And what we don't understand today in three months, or oh, we may know it like the back of our hand. So be patient with yourself. Take your time. This is a long journey. The UX journey is a long journey. So you're com- you have a commitment to lifelong learning if you're going to be in UX, and that applies with your mentoring as well. So be patient with yourself. Be patient with your mentor. The mentor is going to be patient with you. Uh, if they're not, you need another mentor. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, folks, these are the things that we want to make sure that you understand about mentoring. So embrace them, and I'm sure that you will be happiest if you do. So that's it, folks. That is the conclusion of this series. We hope we have demystified the world of UX mentoring for you. But now it is time to sign off. So this is the host of the world of UX, Darren Hood, signing off. Until next time, happy UXing, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.